just cover us with your goodness and your kindness and and you're so good to us father and we pray that we would focus on you um, no matter the circumstances whether good or bad we pray that um, that we just keep our eyes on you and we thank you for loving us for who we are right now today lord and we pray that um, you would open our hearts for your teaching lord i pray that you would empty me and fill me of you lord and I pray that we would just know and get to know you more of your great love and and the great desire you have to fellowship with us, Lord. And we love you and we thank you in your name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so today we're going to talk about a huge topic. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. I think it's normal. We've all, I think I know for sure that we most of us have gone through it. It's depression anxiety, worry, those things. And the title of this message today is Rejoice in the Lord in the Midst of Depression, in the Midst of Sadness, in the Midst of Being Weary and um, Anxious. So why does depression happen? Um, depression can happen um, family history. There's truly chemical imbalances. Um, that that's out of our control, but it it could be passed on. Um, I know that I had a chemical. Actually, I do have a chemical imbalance. My mom and I and my sister have it. Um, and my last pregnancy, um, I ended up having postpartum depression. And we were so happy. We waited and waited and waited for our little one, Grayson. And I didn't know what was going on with me. It, and it started happening like four weeks before I had him. And mostly, and I just, and I didn't want to get help. Three months in, I didn't want to get help because I thought, no, I can just like brush this off. And um, and it was really hard. I would cry. And my husband would say, are you okay? <laughs> and I go, I kind of feel crazy. Do you think I'm a little crazy? He's like, no, you just had a baby, but maybe a little and you know I was up and down and I felt like I was on a roller coaster ride like here I am really high and then then I'd go low and then I'd go I'd be okay for you know for a little bit for a moment and then I knew when I was going down again I'm like I don't know why I can't stop this <laughs> and then I would just be on you know low for a while and so I had a friend that told me she went through it. I was sharing it, and she goes, you should see the doctor because we have the same doctors. And I ended up talking to my doctor, and they said, yep, it, you have all the symptoms of postpartum depression. And, and I was able to get medication for that time being. I, was, I prayed on it. I, not that I didn't see anything wrong, but I didn't want to. But I felt like the Lord, I prayed, Lord, if it's not meant for me, um, then just close that door. But I felt like it did help me. It did, I understand, like, if there's family history, if there's deep anxiety, I don't think there's anything wrong in seeking professional help. And um, if need be, um, you know, to balance things out, doctors, if they feel like, you know, you need that medication, that's okay too. Um, but even when I was taking medication, that's, 
not what brought me peace. It just balanced me out. I still needed the Lord. Like, I needed the Lord to give me that peace. Medication wasn't going to do it. Like, it did kind of make me not go crazy, you know, up and down. Like, just, you know, feel that overwhelming. Like, I felt like life had stopped and I couldn't do anything. I was numb. That's how I felt. I was numb. I felt like I had no feelings. And so that was very abnormal. Um, but it did help me. And and it was just for a period of time that the doctor said, just try it out, see if it works. And then I felt like, okay, I didn't need it anymore. Um, I think it was about six months of it. And But I still needed to get my head right. And I still needed to pray on the Lord, um, pray to the Lord on how I was feeling. Um, sometimes depression can happen, um, a tragic life event. Um, we know friends that have lost their children or have lost their husbands, have lost their parents or just someone they love and that's out of your control and sorrow and mourning sometimes leads, you know, to depression and or anxiety or um, taking care of, which is good to take care of the things that God has given us, but it's not okay when we don't trust those things back to the Lord either. Um, our sin can cause us depression if we're in sin. The choices we have made, um, we can always go to the Lord and ask God for, for forgiveness anytime, any minute, it, wherever you are. Um, sometimes holding on to that sin creates this um, anxiety or creates this wrestling inside you. And in a way, that's okay. You shouldn't be at ease with sin, right? And um, you should have this, you know, knowing that it's not right and being convicted, not um, condemned by the Holy Spirit. So um, conviction is when the Holy Spirit's telling you, hey, that's not of me. And condemnation is when the enemy tells you, well, you're no good because of this. And that's not how the Holy Spirit works. He wants to um, do a heart change in us. Um, we can be in depression or anxiety because others have hurt us. You know, some people have had a hard childhood. Um, or just even, it could be our own children. It could be our own spouses. It could be just anybody, anybody that... Um, you have a relationship with that is hurting you. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. We are all um, fallen. We're all going to make mistakes. Um, if someone hurts you, like, or even if a Christian hurts you in the church, it happens. Um, we are to look to Jesus' example, like Jesus. Like We should know by now that we might hurt each other accidentally or uh, we might hurt each other whether, you know, whether we think it's intentional or not. Um, we're, we're going to disappoint each other because we're sinners. And, but it's Jesus, right? It's Jesus working on, in all of us. There's also spiritual warfare. Um, Ephesians 6, 10, 11 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his might, mighty power, but on the but put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Um, so God is saying, put on the full armor because the devil is like um, 
a prowling lion ready to devour and kill and destroy. He wants to destroy your life. Um, if we know that, if we um, believe in that, then we know when we're being attacked, when our family is being attacked. Um, so there's an ongoing conflict between God and his angels versus Satan and his evil forces. Um, the book of Job, for example, we see that um, Satan go to God and say, hey, um, what about Job? And God is, well, he's faithful. Even though like a lot of things happened to Job, he was still a child of God. And um, Satan didn't, didn't win that fight. Like his main purpose was to destroy Job completely because he thought, well, the only reason why Job is faithful because he has all these things, but Job loved the Lord deeply. And even though he questioned it, See, Job even questioned God. Um, Job still knew God was real and knew God had allowed it. And um, Job had said, Why is the light given to those in misery and life to, to the bitter of soul, to those who long for death that does not come? Um, he was facing demonic attacks, unlike anyone in the Bible that I know of. And we too can face those attacks, just like Job did. Um, but the awesome thing is that God answered him, like verbally answered him. And, um, and Job wanted an audience with God, and he showed up. And, and if you ever get a chance to read Job, you see that God talks about, well, I am the creator. You know, I have made all this. Do you know what I'm doing? And it kind of puts everything in perspective that God is in control, and still God wants the very best for you. And when I read Job and that part of God's um, response, I sit there and I think, yeah, I don't know how the, you know, the mother deer feeds her, um, feeds her baby deer. I, I'm sure there's a scientific name, yeah, but fawn, yeah, I say baby deer. But I don't know all those deep things that God sees all the time that I don't see. I don't know that deep thing in everything he does, even if he allows trials and tribulations or he allows these things that we don't understand he's still good in it and um and his mighty and his power is just amazing um the attack on the redeemed so those who are saved were redeemed and the attack on the redeemed sometimes that can happen through depression like you can get depression because of the oppression on the believer so you're being oppressed um the direct um Spiritual warfare. Has anyone felt spiritual warfare here and the oppression? Most of us have. It's like direct, you know it's directly, um, you know, on you. Like these things keep happening over and over and over again. Oh, you get a flat tire. Oh, no, someone crashes into you. Oh, no, all of a sudden you have no money in your bank and you're overdrawn. All in the same day within the five hours. I don't know. So if you've ever experienced that, you know, you're, then you're like, oh, yeah, that's definitely spiritual warfare. And... I have my kids being mean to me. I'm going to cry. But still, that's directly towards you. The enemy the enemy wants to attack you. Why? Because God has a plan for you. He's going to use you. You're a threat to the enemy because you're God's child. Um, you know, but, you know, because we're in the Lord, we have that victory all the time anyways, no matter what the attack is. There's the indirect attack, like society, um, the laws, the wars, things that are happening in our community that are not really directed towards us. Like, I love to watch documentaries, and right now I'm watching the Holocaust, 
And that was direct and indirect um, persecution towards the Jews. And it just makes me cry because these children, you know, the things that happened to these children, separated from their families and then taken away to be murdered, um, that was an attack from the enemy. And But they were innocent. And that was... Um, that was because of society and the enemy used those people to, um, to for his plan to take out. But just things like that, and that makes me depressed because we know that there's lots of things going on in the Middle East. There's Christians Christians being being martyred all the time. There's children innocently dying. Those type those types of things can make someone sad. I mean, I know that I'm sensitive to that stuff. Um, the attack on the non-believers, possibly demon-possessed. Now, it is a possibility if you, like, let's say you're not a Christian um, or you don't know the Lord. You are, can be, and are blind and deceived by the enemy. Second um, Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. So if you read Matthew 8, 28, I don't know if you have, but um, when Jesus sees these violent men, they're demon-possessed. So it, it is a possibility. Um, they begged Jesus to drive them. The spirits within these men were dr- telling them, they knew who Jesus was, these demon-possessed men. And the demon-possessed spirit was telling Jesus and I mean begging Jesus to drive them out and if you're going to drive me out drive them out they said drive me out into the pigs and so Jesus said go so and then the pigs ran into the lake and drowned with the demon possessed spirits that's that just shows that um, I, I do believe that some people can be oppressed or um, possessed by a demon that's really trying to like destroy them, and um, um, it's very rare to see that. But I don't know if you're some of you knew who Pastor Chuck was when he um, shared his testimony about a lot of things they were worshiping. They did satanic worship in Africa, and he saw a lot of crazy things. So I think that's truly truly possible but as a believer that's impossible because Christ lives inside you that can't happen but like I said Satan's evil forces can mess with you Um, the oppression is there Ephesians 6.16 in addition to all this take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one so with the the Lord and um, because we are covered we can extinguish those arrows. We will feel them, but we still can um, block them in a way. We can, like, pray against it. Um, We can be affected by it. Um, We might fall, but we're not, like, taken out completely because of them. Like, we have him there. There's, like, around you, there's a spiritual warfare going on. Um, There's the enemy trying to get your soul, trying to mess with your family, trying to tell you don't go to church, give up on this. You know what? Um, this happened at home or this is happening at home. You know, don't talk to your sisters or don't pray about it. Don't come to me. 
Those are things that the enemy wants to lie to you and you believe it. But we know the truth by God's word. We know that he wants to help us. He is here for us. He brought us salvation. He covers us with his banner of love and protection. And he already has a victory. And don't take it personal because you will be hated because you're a Christian. And the one who hates you the most is is the enemy because he hates um, because he hates God and everything that his plans are. Um, we can go through the depression because as moms, we're tired. Um, sometimes I know I felt like I can't do this anymore. I'm so exhausted. I'm weary. Um, some people have lost a lot. Um, there's a lot of women or um, a lot of people in our church that are going through sickness and physical pain. I know my husband, he goes through um a lot of back pain and um, he goes through a lot of anxiety because of it. Just the pain alone brings on anxiety. And so those are things that maybe God has allowed and um, physical pain or cancer doesn't mean that you did something wrong and now you um, are paying for something that you did. No, God allows it for a reason. But um, even through that anxiety and depression, God can use that. He can use that in your walk, in your faith. Um, your past um, your past can do a lot to do with what's going on with you today God wants you to lay that at his feet he wants you to lay that cancer at his feet he wants you to lay that child um, give it to the Lord and um, trust in him so we see that others in the Bible also went through trials and depression right now we're in 1st Samuel or 2nd Samuel on Wednesdays and we see that Saul, somebody that was supposed to be his friend, is after him and wants to kill David. So, And then we see later on, David goes through a whole bunch of stuff, either what he did um, or because what was done against him. And then now we have the book of Psalms. So um, David was betrayed, and he's crying out to the Lord. And if you're going through depression, the book of Psalms is such a good book. It's a lot of Psalms, but um, they, you can relate to David, that he was downcasted. Um, Psalms 42.11 says, Why, my soul, are you downcasted? Why so um, disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So we see that Mordecai, when he found out that his people were going to die um, or were, you know, had a day of execution, he tore off his clothes. Like God is a, understands that mourning and that sorrow and... Yeah that deep hurt that you have. Naomi, when her husband and her two sons, she was, she thought God was against her, but God sometimes even brings people like your husbands or your friends or um, people that you love to show God's love to you like Ruth did to Naomi. Um, we're going to um, read through, we're going to read in Philippians 4.4, and Paul is the one who was writing Philippians when he was in prison. And prison wasn't like California-style prison, okay? <laughs> like back then, he was being tortured, and um, they didn't really like him that well, right? So, and it's not the same how it is how it is today. And yet, he still wrote Philippians to encourage us to tell us, "Hey, look where I'm at." But yet, God, God, it's all God. But yet, Jesus, right? Keep your eyes on Him. So. Let's turn to Philippians 4.4. 4. And number, number one, rejoice always. 
Okay, Philippians 4, 4. By the way, I'm so excited. I got a new Bible. The other one was small, and the lettering was this small, and that's how I know I'm getting old. Okay, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice always in everything. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Um, when you fellowship, when we are in fellowship with the Lord, we know his peace. Sometimes it is hard. Um, one of the hardest things for me to go through, um, it just tears me up when me and my husband are not okay. Like, it tears me up. I feel like I can't go on. I can't even mother I got to be in my bed. We got to work this out right now, okay? <laughs> or else I just can't even do anything. That's it, you know? And and he's more like, let's take our time. Let's pray about it. Let's, you know, let's chill. And I'm like, no, now. <laughs> but it really does tear me up. And um, and it's hard for me to go to the Lord and pray because I'm, I'm angry or I'm upset or whatever's going on. And um, I had to make that choice. There was a while where I just, like, was in my anger. Like, I stayed in my anger, and I stayed in, and I cried, and um, and that didn't get me anywhere. And I needed to start just giving it up to the Lord, and I would pray to him. And maybe in an hour or two or three, maybe not even that day, things didn't change. But the fact that I went to him and the Lord started, I can feel his love. I can feel his peace through prayer um, by being obedient to going to the Lord. Um we make that choice to that even though we don't feel like it, that we just do it. We just um, lay our burdens to the Lord. Sometimes I feel like um, I'm tired, right, as a mom. Maybe um, me and my husband had a little whatever. Um, the kids are not being nice to me. And I don't know, I feel like everything now is just crumbling. And then, I don't know about you, but then I start like thinking about like things in the past. I don't know. I started thinking like, um, for example, I I felt like I went through depression in my teenage years because I was in a relationship that I shouldn't have been, like with somebody that didn't know the Lord at all. And so it got really bad. And um, it got really bad. And that, um, because of those choices, and I let this person, I, I let this person knowing that the Lord was like, no, 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 all the time. He's like, no, no, no. Um, you know, there was, this person mistreated me. This person was um, emotionally, verbally, and it got even physical. Like, have you, have you heard about teens in um, abusive situations? Like, I was that teen in that abusive situation. And sometimes I go back to that, and I, and I feel like, and if you've ever been abused, you kind of feel like things have been taken away. If you've ever been in that situation or if you've ever been mistreated, you feel like some of the, like your self-esteem has gone down and, or you don't believe or you question or you even question your self-worth because that made you feel like you weren't worthy. So, and then the enemy uses that. Um, Philippians... Four, five. So again, whatever, whatever, wherever your mind takes you, um, or your past takes you, know that God is, you know, lay that at His feet. He says that's gone, that's far away now. I have a plan for you now. 
whatever happened in the past, let me use it for my glory, but I want you to give that to me so I can replace it with peace. Um, Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. So gentle spirit, be known. When you allow him, when you go to him, when you're in your when you're depressed and when you're um, whatever it is you're going through, like my postpartum depression, when I had all this chemical imbalance, he showed his love for me. Um, when I lay my past to him, he shows his kindness. Um, his way is to help you. He wants to help you in anything that you're going through right now. Even when you're unlovable, even um, when you're prickly, you know, when, um, I don't know, Pastor Jeff just posted something, and he, and he had like a prickly fish, and with the crown, he goes, you're still, you know, God's child. You're still royalty, God's in God's kingdom, even if you're prickly and unloving. So sometimes I feel like that too. Like, um, he offers to sit with you during the midst of your depression. He He's offering himself, sit with me in this thing that you're going through, in this hurt, in this pain, um, in this physical pain, give it to me, give it to me all the time. He tell, he sits there. He doesn't expect me to tough it up either. He doesn't tell me, oh, deal with it, Jen. Like, you're just going to have to be stronger than that. You know, no, he doesn't tell me that. Or um, he doesn't tell me that I got to pull it together. What he does instead is he offers his word and he offers himself, his presence, to hold me together and bring peace. He provides his presence to keep going he provides himself um so i can just make it another day like focus on that day and his strength is sufficient for me um his grace through our hardships we see his faithfulness when i am weak he is strong god is kind to the spiritual weak he wants to pour out his grace um yesterday tanner was talking about how god seeks out those who are spiritually um weak um, he uses that. And we shouldn't be ashamed if we are going through depression. We shouldn't be. It's not a shameful thing. I think if we stay in our worry, though, I think God is saying, don't do that. Try to battle that out. Um, that's not of God to worry, to stay stuck in that worry. Um, but he understands um, our anxiety. Um, Matthew 5, 3 says, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So here as our father, he's saying, blessed are you if you're a poor in spirit. Because when we're a poor in spirit, we we actually come to him. We say, we need you. We humble ourselves. And when we get to the point and say, I can't do this. I can't do this by myself. And I've been there. I've been, I felt like God allowed me to try to do it on my own strength where I just was broken. I was broken where I said, I can't do this anymore, Lord. I need you. I need you in every area of my life, not just in this, but in everything. And I'm tired of carrying this bag, this burden, you know, this, I'm this bag lady, you know, I'm carrying like, <laughs> um, you know, this sorrow, you know, worrying about my kid's future, worrying about the finances, worrying about, and the, and the list goes on. I'm like, I'm going to give you all my bags, Lord, because I'm done carrying this. Okay. So, and I got to that brokenness, and it, it, I just felt like this freedom, this freedom, and he blessed me, and I knew that he's like, 
Yours is the kingdom of heaven. You are my child. I give you access to everything. I give you access to have a relationship with me. The fact that I can go to him with my burdens and he sits there and listens to me is amazing. I love it that I have a God. Like God loves me enough. He comes, he's here and he's with me through it all. I don't have to go through it alone. Realizing his need for him means that you're humbling yourself to Jesus. Don't hide during your depression. Don't hide your tired, your weariness as a mom, like if you're so tired. Don't hide that. Give it to the Lord. Talk to him. Tell him, I'm so exhausted. I didn't get any sleep. And they're driving me a little, well, you know how they're acting, Lord. So (laughs) instead, boldly go to the throne of grace. He is using that so you can go to him. I mean, he's using that for many reasons probably to comfort somebody, um, you know, and he speaks to us in different ways, like through prayer, through a worship song. Put on the worship music. Sometimes I don't want to hear worship music. So um, maybe you can sit down and just um, open the word for a little bit and pray or just get quiet time. Sometimes I go have a time out. I don't know. I do. I'm like, I'm going to my room. Well, not anymore with Grayson because he follows me, so I don't... <laughs> Before that, I used to tell Giselle and Kenny, that's it, I'm going to take a 10-minute time out. Okay, I'll be back. But um, there was, when we don't go to the, when I know when I don't go to him, when I'm really struggling, it's kind of pride. Like, I'm walking in pride. And when I'm walking in pride and don't go to him, when I know that I need to go to him, when I'm feeling all this anxiety, I'm kind of resisting, I am resisting his kindness. I'm resisting his goodness. Like, why wouldn't I want that, especially in a time when I need it the most? Um, the Lord wants us to experience his love for all the, all those days, um, even when we're um, even when we're just, we don't know what to do. Um, surrender it. Just surrender it to the Lord. The Lord is near. Um, surrender your struggles. Um He wants to restore your situation. He wants to comfort you. He wants to help you. Um, He is near because he wants good for you, for you in your life. Jeremiah um, 29.11. I'll go there real quick. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. So we if we know that he no matter what's going on in the situation whatever struggle we're going through his plans are good for us so we need to trust in that even though we can't see it um philippians 4 6 7 says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god so again he's given he's telling us what to do when we're anxious it's hard i know he understands that we're anxious but he says, don't, don't do it for nothing. But in everything, just give it to me in prayer. Um, with thanksgiving, like start thinking about the things that you're thankful for. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful for a home. I'm thankful that I can come to church without being persecuted. I'm thankful for my friends. And you go on the list. If we just dwell, dwell in the negativity, then we're just going to think about the negativity all day. And we wouldn't be thankful for the things that are going on. Sometimes when Grayson is crying and crying and crying and crying, I'm like, 
I go, I thank you for my child. I thank you he has curly hair. Finally, a little bit of me and these children. So just, I, you have to do that. It's unnatural. But when you start doing that, it becomes natural to you, actually. It does. Um, so ex- anxiety happens. Um, life is hard. Um, we all go through trials. We're all not like free from ever having trials. We can't, no one escapes tribulations. We all have them. Um, he's telling us what to do when we're tired and weary. Um, anxiety can paralyze you actually. If you just stick to anxiety, and sometimes I think, what if someone has this chemical imbalance? Okay, you're fighting that, but still that medication is helpful but that still won't be your peace. Jesus is your peace. Um, going to him will be the answer to help you. And even, let's say that um, that it doesn't go away. Like bringing that stuff to him doesn't go away. Still, he promises you to replace that with his strength, not your own. Like, I don't have enough strength to deal with life. I don't. Me alone, there's no way. But when you have that helper to give you strength, you can go through whatever you're going through on a daily basis. It doesn't have to empower you. It doesn't have to overcome you. Um, Jesus himself says he leaves us peace. John 27, John 14, 27, 3 says, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. But do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So, and then uh, we can continue with Philippians 4.4, 4, I mean, sorry, 4.7. And the peace of God, with which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So there is a spiritual solution. He's um, giving us, there's ways to battle this depression and anxiety and worry. Um, It's easy to stay in our worries and dwell how bad our life is or our trial is. But don't stay there. for tomorrow, so don't worry about tomorrow because today we have our enough, our enough troubles, Jesus says in Matthew 6.34. Um, the enemy wants to rob our joy, but, and he wants to make us feel hopeless, but there's, that's no way. We think about, is what, what I'm feeling, is it a, is it the fruit of the Spirit? Is it from God? And we know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and goodness. Um, we already have received that joy. We have that peace already because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And no one can take the Holy Spirit away from us. So if the Holy Spirit is in us, then no one can take that joy away in there. It's already implanted. The seed is in there, even though we don't feel joyous or at peace, but it's in there. Um, So we need to practice these things. Like in worship, like those are lovely songs. Those are we think about and dwell on how good God is. Um, thanking him. Um, so he gives us, he tells us, do these things. Pray honestly. So Peter 5, 7, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, read, God, read God's truth. Hebrews 4, 12. 
For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So being in his word will actually correct you, like remind you of his promises. If you think God has forsaken you, if you're in the word, God will say, I have, will never leave you nor forsake you. So when you, sometimes you can lie to yourself or the enemy, whatever it is, God will speak the truth if you are in his word on a daily basis. Verbalize truth in him. Meditate on his word. Claim his truth. Memorize scripture. Believe in God out loud. Tell it to your friend. You know what? God is so good. He wants to just, you know, he wants a close relationship with me. He's my father and he loves me and his banner is love. And he really thinks, he just adores me and he died for me. Speak it out. Speak it to your children. Speak it out to your spouse. Um, believe in it. Um, responding to Jesus despite of our struggles, trials, or unloving ways. Um, do it daily. Choose to be at his feet daily. Choose to believe in his word. Um, he will be our strength to go through whatever we're going through. Um, he will and can help. His grace, loving kindness is enough. Um, I've, I've heard testimonies where people are at the end of it all and they want to take away their lives. And God is so good. He doesn't judge you and he's not. He comes instead and he embraces it. And, and he, I don't know, I feel like God understands why you're going to do this thing. Like, and, but these people were open to the Holy Spirit and you hear things like God comes and he stops it. But then you hear the heartbreak when someone does it. And so, and I don't know, maybe God did speak to them, but they chose not to listen to it. I don't know. But he does do these amazing things. And he loves you and you're here for a reason. And I know sometimes I just want to give up. And why would I want to give up? I need to trust in him. Like, I just give up on myself, trying to do it all on my own. But I'm just going to give it to the Lord. So practice these things every single day and you will experience his peace that surpasses all understanding. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for um, being there for us. I thank you that you don't forsake us, that you love us, that, um, that we're not alone in our struggles, Lord, and, and that you understand our hardship. And we just lay it at your feet, Father, and we pray that we could grow in trusting you and and knowing your truth, Lord. We love you and we thank you in your name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.